I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, everybody. Jeremy here. Welcome to Sick Boy Podcast of the E1 Podcast Network. And uh, just a little announcement before we throw it to this week's amazing episode. Um, We are doing a live show tonight in Halifax, Nova Scotia. It's a sold-out show, so if you didn't get your ticket, unfortunately, uh, you won't be able to sit in on the the live action and enjoy some good robot beer with us. Uh, But if you, you didn't get a ticket, I got some good news. We're streaming the show live. Yeah, and we're doing it. On Facebook this time. We're trying something a little new. Uh, last time we did a live stream, we, we put the live stream up for sale on our website. This time we're, gonna, we're just going to blast it out for free to the entire world. And we want you to be a part of that. We want you to be able to sit in on our recording, whether that's you sitting at home or sitting at the office, not getting your work done, or sitting, driving your car, driving your car. And, uh, and, and well, actually, don't do it while you're driving your car. Maybe tune in, listen in, uh, but don't be watching. We're going to drive safe. Uh, but basically, if you have Facebook, if you use Facebook, all you need to do is this evening, tonight uh, around 8 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time. Head on over to our Facebook page. It's easy to find us. Just search Sick Boy Podcast and uh, you'll find the link right there. And if you do decide to watch, my one request would be just hit the share button. Try to share that shit out to as many people as you can. Uh, We'd love to get as many eyes on tonight's live show, and it would mean the world to us. So hopefully we'll either see you at Good Robot or we'll see your beautiful faces online, wherever you might be. And uh, we can't wait for it. Hope you enjoy this week's episode. It comes from uh, one of the conversations we had in Toronto Hillary is, uh, she's, she's one of the like dream guests of the show, uh, medical professional, someone who knows her shit really well and, uh, someone who has a pretty fascinating and interesting story. We talk about narcolepsy type one, I believe, which is, uh, uh, also with, with cataplexy. And if you don't know what that is, well, you're about to find out. I uh, hope you enjoy it. Love each and every one of you. And, uh, as always, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Hillary. She has narcolepsy with cataplexy. Let's talk about it. It would be really great if we had... uh, (laughs) Uh, the lights from your house in here. Dude, I know. Oh. I know. The Hue lighting setup. Well, okay, so you that was a good little segue. We're, we're in Toronto. We've been here for a little while. Still recording episodes. But this time we're at the E1 head office uh, on Peter Street. 
Uh, because Sick Boy Podcast is a part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network. And they were so kind, they let us come in and use their space to record. Uh, it's, it's a nicer spot to record, I feel, than the dingy basement apartment we're staying in currently. Well, it has no furnace. It doesn't have a furnace that's going to kick in great. in the middle of the recording, which is nice. No, uh, no hair metal fans upstairs. Yeah. So we were recording good. yesterday and like poison comes on and we're like, what the fuck? It's like, yeah. <laughs> like hearing it coming through the roof into the mics. You're like, fuck me. Yeah. Um, uh, but so we were, we were just talking before we hit record uh, hello, Hillary. Hello. You're a guest for today. Yep. I'm very excited to get into what it is that you are dealing with in your life, uh, which is what brought you to to be on the Sick Boy podcast. But before we get into that, um, you're a, you're a healthcare professional, or you're on your way to mm-hmm. becoming. Yes. So, um, what is it that you're current? You're studying, right? You're studying. Yes. Yeah, so I'm doing kind of my final. Clinical placement in speech language pathology. Speech pathology, which is uh, super neat. I don't think we've ever spoken to a speech pathologist before. And I don't really know fully what speech pathologists do. Most don't. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I guess we're going to inform everybody right now. But when we were on the phone the other day talking about booking you in, um, for whatever reason, why why was it that you were telling me what you were up to the next day? Because you asked if I had time on Friday to record and I didn't. Right. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's fine. And you're like, it's, it's, it's a thing that I can't really push. Uh, it's a, uh, I gotta, I gotta go sit in and watch a surgery. And I was like, what the fuck is a speech pathologist doing watching surgery, which you proceeded to tell me. Would you like me? <laughs> yeah, go okay, for it. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm finishing your sentence. Yes. Uh, yeah. We don't know each other that well yet. Yeah. <laughs> should be by, by this time. I know. I, should I, be I, your mind. I actually wasn't sure if you were handing that off or if, or you if were I just blanked like them to work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was fairly ambiguous. It was. Yeah. 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 I, I could have. I could have done better. It's okay. Um, but what was it that you told me that you were going to watch? So I watched a couple surgeries, but the one that's kind of most relevant to what I do is a, called a glossectomy. So it's when you have your tongue removed because of a, like a tongue cancer. Oh, whoa. How crazy is that? That is crazy. What do they do? Do they, do they give you a a prosthetic setup or? Usually. So what they'll do is they call it a free flap and they'll take, um, a flap is just like a term that is used to refer to like a piece of tissue from another part of your body. Okay. So they'll either take it from your thigh or, um, there's one called radial flap, which is like the inner part of your arm towards your wrist. Because mm-hmm. then they can kind of take the blood vessels that are part of that area with it so that that tissue still has like blood supply and everything. Oh, else. were you talking about the hair? Now, this is the thing that I believe somehow we got on to talking about that. Was it you that told me that when they use that radial? Oh, I didn't say that, but. Oh, but yeah. Okay. So, That's oh, it was, it was the young woman was at the, the show, at the live show. The show. So, yeah. so we, we have this live show at Stubborn Goat that next day. And I just got off the phone with you and this, this young woman comes up to me and we're, we're chatting and she's like, I'm a speech pathologist. And I go, oh my God, I just got off the phone with one. Uh, and she was telling me that she was going in to watch the surgery of someone getting their tongue removed. How wild is that? And she was like, yeah, it's a crazy process. And she goes, did she tell you about how sometimes they'll remove a portion of the tongue, replace it with a piece of the forearm. And then that person 
continues to grow the hair that would grow from their forearm, but on their tongue. And they have to continuously shave their tongue. So the reason they use, there's two reasons they use that specific part of the forearm. One is because of the blood supply. There's a really big uh, artery and vein in that area. And they can kind of like take some of the little branches off of it. Um, (coughs) But also you don't really have hair on that part of your skin. Right. Um, Right. So you will sometimes, like people will sometimes get Mm. a little bit of, Hair growth, but it won't. I would have a hairy tongue. You would, dude. You would have, yeah, like a Robin Williams tongue. Just like the, he's the hairiest person in the world. Yeah, he is super hairy. You're just as hairy as him. Nah. Have you looked at your feet? Yeah. They're hairy. But I'm not like an Austin Powers looking motherfucker. You know when he takes his shirt off in Austin Powers and like his 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 whole upper body is like a carpet, wearing like a bear vest. You're like, oh. I'm not like that. That's how I feel every time you take your shirt off around me. No. I make this noise. Oh. <laughs> every time. <laughs> your feet and hands are pretty hairy. Dude, they're hobbit, like hobbit hairy. Yeah, my hands are, his my hands are okay. They're, they're not bad. Your feet are, are, feet are they're, they're troublesome. My feet have a lot of hair on them. Um, but, they stay warm in the winter. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a winter creature. Yeah. Um, so, but, but why, so here, why does it continue to grow hair if you do have like, um, hair, even little tiny hairs like I do. I've got these little fine hairs on my forearm. Um, why does the hair continue to grow if you're removing it from that part of your body and just kind of like slapping it onto another? So because they're taking the blood supply with it, that tissue stays alive. And that's why they do that because you can put skin from anywhere in the mouth, but it'll just become necrotic, like it will die. Right, if so it just, doesn't because get it has blood those veins, flow. Right. The, yeah. Right, right. So they take the blood vessels with it so that it can kind of stay a living tissue. Now you can't move it because the muscles aren't there. Like the tongue has right. tons and tons of muscles, and when the tongue is removed, they're all taken out. And this part of your arm, at least that superficial, doesn't have any muscles. So is the tongue a muscle? It had it. Well, it's made up of. It's a lot made up of muscles. muscles, but it's not considered. A muscle. It's a muscular, they call it a muscular, muscular hydrostat, which means that like it can change form, but it never changes volume. So like it's all, it's a hundred percent made up of muscle. So I can't beef up my tongue. No, it'll, you can say that like, oh, I'm making my tongue bigger, but it's actually just changing its shape. Right. Oh, interesting. You know what's funny is that this is nothing. This is what we're talking about. I know. No, no, no. This isn't what the episode's about. I do have one more question. Let's keep going. I mean, absolutely. Are you on a time constraint? Perfect. All right, great. Um, I just find it fascinating that we haven't even like we haven't even gone in there yet, but we're like because this is so interesting. (laughs) Um, So, but why do they? Why do they put something? Why do they make a fake tongue in your mouth if you can't move it? Like, how does that? What purpose does it serve? So it's still, um, even though you can't volitionally move it, it will move if you move, let's say, like your jaw. Um, And so some people do benefit from having it there in terms of speech rehabilitation, but also swallowing. I was going to say swallowing would be the big one. Interesting. Yeah, right. Because when you swallow, I guess you kind of like... When you swallow, your, your tongue, tongue tip your goes up, and then it kind of does the worm against the hard palate. I was just palate. thinking the worm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is the worm. Huh. Yeah. Totally like, and so they will have trouble swallowing because they can't do that. But if they close their jaw tight enough, then the tongue will get closer to the roof of the mouth, and then they can kind of fake that movement. Hmm. There are strategies that you can teach them to kind of like help move it back. How many to- people swallowed while listening to us talking about that? Like, I feel like every person listening was like... <laughs> 
oh, oh yeah. Oh, that is what I do. Uh, yeah, I, I did that. Yeah. It's such a subconscious movement. Yeah. When we learned, like, or we took a swallowing course because that's part of what we do. That, and um, that, I know. It sounds I know. Hilarious. I know. And you know what? It reminds me of theater school because I would tell I people what I swallowing. I would course. tell people what we'd learn in theater school, and and it was literally. I'm pretty sure it was literally called like SLP fifteen oh eight or whatever yeah. swallowing or swallowing disorders or something sure. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what did you learn in it? It was like you, that's the kind of stuff. stuff you yeah, learn. well, so you learn about like the normal <clears throat> swallow, and then you learn about ways that it can be affected and how you can rehabilitate it. Right. Oh, like, the norm. <laughs> yes, of course, the normal. Swallow. I'm like, I'm just imagining. I'm, I'm imagining <laughs> like you going up to the to go through to like the auditorium where you're going to take your take this class with the prof, and and there being like a sign on the door that says like swallowing 101, and it's just a fuck Jerry meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there are plenty of slides from those classes that could be really hilarious memes. Yeah, yeah 100%. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Swallowing um, technique. So, so, and I'm sure we'll maybe kind of come back around to the speech pathology thing. Um, but let's, let's go into the reason why you're here. The, the application that you sent into us mm-hmm. had nothing to do with any of that stuff. And it had to do with um, narcolepsy. Yeah. And, and cataplexy. Yeah, or is so, it like with cataplexy? Yeah. So there's two types of narcolepsy. Type one is narcolepsy with cataplexy, which is what I have. Right. And then type two is just narcolepsy where you only really have like the excessive daytime sleepiness. So is with cataplexy, is that the narcolepsy of like the the stereotypical mm-hmm. like Adam Sandler movie yeah. narcolepsy where you're like, da, 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 everything's fucked. Yeah. And then you're passed out out yeah. of nowhere. Now, we've been with you for... About 40 minutes. And you've been awake. And you've been awake the entire time. Mm -hmm. What are the chances of you just passing out in the next? You won't at all. No. So I don't, I wouldn't ever fall asleep like in the middle of a conversation that I'm a part of or like walking (laughs) or anything like that. Um, I'm also medicated. Right. Um, Okay. But I'm more so like I will fall asleep in a lecture almost every time. I can't watch movies unless I'm like, also drawing or like doing something to kind of like help me stay awake. Um, yeah. Studying, reading, all that kind of stuff. So what is it, what is it that, what's the difference between, um, sitting down and having a conversation with friends and, and reading or, or watching a movie or something? Is it, is it just because you're, you're much more passive mentally I think so yeah I think also like (coughs) there's a motor component to what I'm doing right now like I'm talking so Mm, um your narcolepsy your narcolepsy has to be a lot more severe to kind of override those motor movements like someone who's walking down the street and then just kind of collapses to the ground and falls asleep would be way more severe yeah would that be like on like the if the spectrum was I fall asleep easily to I drop while I'm walking. Yeah. Would drop while you're walking be like at the very far end? Kind of, of, yeah. There are people who I think the most severe end would be like that happens to them all the time and unpredictably. So like they can't work. They They can't can't really go out of their house. Whoa. Did you ever see there there was a – I actually came across this recently and it was the second time that I've seen it in the last few years. But there was this video on Reddit and it was – the title of it was basically like uh, um, narcolepsy um, uh, attack in the middle of 
Oh, um, the dance video. Like the dance video. Yeah. And so it's this young woman who's yeah. like, all right, everyone, like, I'm going to show you the a few steps for this, like, choreography that I'm working on. And it's this, and I step to the right, and then pas de barre, and then boom. And she just kind of drops to the ground. Yeah. And... I remember when I watched it, I was like, whoa, that was fucking crazy. Cool. With, like, yeah, kind of. And it was like, yeah. well, that was so, like, that was so cool. Like, how, so crazy that she just dropped like that. And now I'm, I'm expecting, like, the movie for her to stand back up and be like, huh, shake that off. Okay, back to the pot of barre and whatever. But but then the this, this video is like eight minutes long. And it the next, you know, seven and a half minutes is like this really heart-wrenching mm-hmm. and kind of scary video of this woman who like comes back to consciousness and she's barely barely able to tell where she's at she's so fucking confused she can barely like speak and then she'll stand up and she looks like terrified and then and then back into like almost normalcy but but then slips back into this like confusion is is that so how much of like that speaks to you in terms of what you've experienced in your everyday dealings with with narcolepsy um first of all i can't dance so not (laughs) zero (laughs) not none of it at all yeah no idea um yeah, so what she was experiencing is cataplexy. Yes. So the difference, I mean, it's not different because it's packaged together with type 1, but narcolepsy on its own is just excessive daytime sleepiness. And I think you had a guest quite a while ago who had type 2 narcolepsy, so just like feeling really tired all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and she had uh, night terrors as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cataplexy, the reason that you get cataplexy is because, so for you guys, if you go to sleep for the first, let's say, 90 minutes you'll be kind of like in that really light sleep and then slightly deeper and then maybe an hour and a half in you'll get into REM yeah for me I get into REM like right away and cataplexy is kind of that muscle paralysis that's associated with REM sleep so when you're sleeping your muscles aren't active Mm -hmm. um and so because if you kind of think of like a cell membrane being like permeable to certain substances for me there's this like membrane between sleep and wake and it's very permeable, whereas it's not so much for mm. someone who's mm. not narcoleptic. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of the day, aspects of REM sleep will kind of like trickle into my waking Whoa. hours. So cataplexy is basically just that muscle paralysis that's normally associated with REM kind of making its way Finding into your wakefulness. So, you, yeah. so do, you, do you mean that you can be awake <laughs> with your eyes, mm-hmm. visually seeing, but going... My body is just yeah. like not working right now. Yeah, and it's usually, Whoa. they say that it tends to be tied to strong emotions. Um, I find that like even if I'm thinking of something funny or like I'm I'm planning on saying something that was like a funny experience, even then I'll start to feel the kind of like jello-y. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. I was, uh, I was having this thought while you were explaining to us like basically what you feel like you can't do or when, when you wouldn't fall asleep versus when you would fall mm-hmm. asleep. And not to bring this away from you, but it made me think of our, our, our manager and great friend Lonus. We were, he was at our place last night and he was like, okay, I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to head home. And we were like, all right, cool. Are you calling an Uber? And he was like, no, I'm going to walk. And Brian and I were like, dude, you live really far away. He lives at like Dundas and Carla. And we were at like, 
like Adelaide and Bathurst or, yeah. or, or yeah, like somewhere. And I was like, like, dude, that's a long way. And he goes, he goes, yeah, yeah I, I like, I like, I like that. It's like, he was like, uh, it's like an hour and 20 minutes. And I was like, Oh Jesus. And we were talking, he goes, yeah. Um, well I just, I don't like to sit down. So like, what am I going to do? Get home 30 minutes earlier by taking a cab and just sit. <laughs> and cause he goes, whenever I sit down, I fall asleep. And Jeff, goes, you, Jeff, you got narcolepsy, nar- dude. Yeah. He goes, I watch a movie. He goes, I watch a sit down. I watch a movie. Can't watch a movie. I fall asleep. Yeah. Shows fall asleep. He goes, if I need to watch TV, if I want to binge watch a show, I have to do it in the morning. I have to get up and watch it in the morning because if I go home and I sit down after like five o'clock, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to sleep. I wonder if Jeff has some like low grade narcolepsy. <laughs> maybe type two. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> My mom's the same way. She can't watch a movie without falling asleep. I think too, like, um, it depends on how good your sleep is at nighttime. Right. Ooh. But do, do you find that you are rested no, when never. you're awake? You never feel rested no. even though, because, because REM sleep is that like really high quality yeah. quote unquote sleep. But my nighttime sleep is bad. So oh, okay. the kind of underlying thing with narcolepsy is it's just, um, there's like a substance that your brain produces hypocretin and it's what regulates your sleep wake cycle. So it's not just my wake cycle that's affected. It's also my sleep cycle. Right. So like I have terrible nighttime sleep. I'm awake the whole night. I have sleep terrors and like sleep paralysis and stuff. But then during the day, I'm also falling asleep. Oh, God, that's like the worst of both worlds. Yeah. How old are you? 27. And when when were you diagnosed with with uh, uh, sleep Narcolepsy. <laughs> oh, I was like, I was like, sleep paralysis. Wait, no, we're talking about narcolepsy. I was falling asleep there. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> um, I was diagnosed in December of 2013. So, I don't know how old would I have been. 2013, four years ago, 24, 23. Sure. Yeah, sure, that works. Math. Um, yeah. <laughs> but is this something that you've been managing and dealing with your entire life, or was there a it's period? Hard to where know. You... Sure. So I think. They often say that someone with narcolepsy will have symptoms like up to 10 years before they're diagnosed. And it often gets misdiagnosed as like depression or something like that, Um, which it was for me as well. But you don't really know what's normal. So you don't know that what you're experiencing isn't normal. Right. So I just kind of growing up, like I always thought that everyone's knees kind of get a bit like buckly when they laugh really hard or... You know, that anyone would fall asleep watching a movie after yeah. a certain point in the day. Which, like, blows my mind. Just just out of curiosity. For like, anybody to fall asleep during a movie. I mean, like, obviously, uh, you have a narcolepsy, so I get it. <laughs> but Brian falls asleep during movies, and I'm like, how do you yeah, do this? dude, I look at that as, like, the an opportunity to rest Nap, because I'm, yeah. like, always on the on the go. Like, I don't, I don't identify at all with anything associated with narcolepsy except for the fact that I don't get enough sleep most nights so i'm tired a lot of the time yeah um but i i'm curious i'm curious about the laughing thing for you mm-hmm. i just wonder how, like has that shaped your personality at all like has it made you more fearful to like laugh um, or try to engage in humor no i don't think so i just like i'm kind of open with the people in my life so like not like I would meet someone and be like, hi, I'm Hillary, I have narcolepsy. But eventually, like, I'll tell them because, first of all, I, it changes. Like, I don't go out that much at night because I'm always just exhausted. Um, but often if I'm laughing, I'll kind of, like, put my head in my hands just because my facial muscles are the ones that are 
most affected by it. So oh I, my god, yeah. hold on. No, but I always say like I get like the John Chrétien face when I laugh. Like it kind of just like <laughs> and like my eyes will kind of close and I can't really do anything about it. So I just kind of laugh like this. I have this. Uh, I have this thing really that this belief that it is it is almost impossible to laugh. Uh, to laugh without no yeah without any expression on your face on your face <laughs> without making without it making you laugh <laughs> yeah but that you're doing some like little little fucking <sighs> shit laugh I, like i'm talking like <laughs> laugh but without moving your face <laughs> it's fucking hard man it's really hard and so when you said that i just immediately picture you nailing that. it yeah <laughs> and which would make me laugh really hard yeah. just to see it actual actually happen. What were the what were the uh, like what were some of the experiences in your in your like I don't know early mid later teens that led you to being diagnosed with with this? Like what was what was your what was your um, what was your life like? I kind of thought up until so in September of 2013, I moved to England. I did a degree there, and um, up until that point, I was always tired but I kind of just thought like oh I'm iron deficient or Mm -hmm. like they had told me that I had depression I'm like I guess I have depression whatever I don't feel like I do but um can't get out of bed so I guess that's what's going on um but it was in that like September to December period um when I was taking classes that I really noticed I was like this isn't regular tight like feeling sleepy Mm -hmm. because it's not like I mean, I'm exhausted baseline, but when I'm falling asleep, it's not like, oh, I'm so sleepy. Mm-hmm. It's like I would be engaged listening to a lecture, like really kind of like locked into what the professor was saying, taking notes, but I would fall asleep. Like, and my head would droop and I would have a dream, but then I would like immediately wake up. And like, like <laughs> this is like, um, so I'm, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes and talking about falling asleep during movies. Uh, even sometimes when I'm like, man, I love this movie and I'm so engaged in it and it's amazing. But my girlfriend is like playing with my hair and I I know all oh, the eyes are getting heavy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I've never go. fallen asleep to a movie in my entire go. life. Uh, I'm giving up. Okay, I'm going to go. And then I'll wake up and be like, oh, oh shit, uh, I missed part of the plot. I'll have to ask what happened. I know that that sleep's coming. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. When you're engaged in this lecture and you're watching and you're like, wow, this I'm learning so much. This is so great. This professor knows what they're talking about. Are you just like all of a sudden going out? Pretty much. And then, oh, fuck. Oh, what happened? Yeah. Sometimes there's um, the way that like people who have seizures will say that they get like an aura before they're going to have a seizure. Mm -hmm. I'll sometimes like start to yawn a lot um, and my eyes will start like I have trouble controlling my eyes before I. I'm going to fall asleep. Explain sometimes. what an aura is for people who might not have ever heard of that, that I'm expression. I'm pretty sure it's basically just when like your vision, your peripheral vision starts to kind of close in. So mm-hmm. if you've ever like stood up too fast and you see kind of like bright colors like coming into your peripheral yeah. It's kind of like a warning sign. It's like yeah. they go, oh, here goes this thing that And you start to feel like a little bit lightheaded or mm-hmm. it's the same as like if you're going to throw up, your your mouth starts to water. It's yeah, that same yeah. kind of like Which precursor. Is so yeah, hey, really speech pathologist, why. you don't know why? That's not a speech pathology thing? You guys I didn't would assume have it's, puking 101? That no, wasn't a, no. <laughs> Maybe that's next year. <laughs> just swallowing um, 101. I'm pretty, it must just be the like lubricating the exit tract. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good, yeah. That makes sense. That's logical. Yeah. That's all I can think of. 
you you mentioned depression uh, a couple of times as like a, a misdiagnosis. Mm-hmm. Is there like an element? Because I imagine that if you're not getting enough sleep, um, that's one of the things that they say can lead to. Yeah. Uh, feeling depressed is is the lack of, of proper sleep. So is that? Do you think that could be an issue, or has that affected you in that way? Not for me, but I know that there are probably people out there who suffer from narcolepsy who do have mental health concerns. Um, I don't know. I think I'm just like, I'm surrounded by a good support system and I kind of like advocate for myself and I'm active. Are they comorbid with, with one another? I imagine that there would be a comorbid element to it. Sure. 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 So, so you're, you're, you're in class, you're falling asleep, you're catching yourself and being like, what the fuck's going on? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that the is that the sign where you start to go? Okay, this isn't normal. Or? Yeah, yeah. It just like didn't feel like typical <laughs> sleepiness or right. like lethargy. It was like it felt like my brain was just like shutting off, and I was like losing control over my eyelids, and then they would just kind of like pop back up. Um, would you go out for a significant period of time, mm-mm. or it was? I mean, if I was quick. like watching a movie, I might fall asleep and then actually stay asleep, but. For the most part, if I'm studying or something, it'll be like, like my head will nod and then I'll wake up. Right. Oh, so yeah. just just that much. Yeah. And now, okay, so coming back to that video of that young woman who goes into cataplexy, she she comes out of it, but she's so confused. Mm-hmm. Is were you noticing elements of that in at this period? Yeah, of, of it's really life? it's disorienting because, like I said, you go into REM sleep right away. And REM sleep is when you have your dreams, right? So for me, they feel like hallucinations sometimes because it's like I'm awake and then I'm asleep and then I'm awake, but I've had some kind of dream. So it's like right. really confusing. And then... Um, is your dream time like, does it feel like you've elapsed quite a bit of time in that dream? Even though it's No, been- it's usually just like yeah. a snapshot. It, okay. it, um, like, sorry, I know you were actually legitimately asking that question, but I was like, are you trying to make an in- Inception reference? <laughs> well, it does. It is like Inception. But, you know, when you... If That's you, what it's like. If yeah. you, when, when your alarm goes off in the morning, you hit snooze and, you know, your snooze button is only like, hey, you're going to sleep for another five minutes but you drop back into REM and you have a dream. And you're in there for like, six years. Seems like the dream has yeah. been like a week. <coughs> and then oh, you dude, come out and you're like, holy shit, Never dude. for me, man. I feel like I press snooze and then I feel like it feels like it goes by in a second and then I have to wake up again. I'm like, man, just once more. <laughs> yeah, well, you're doing the opposite. You're traveling light speed yeah. through your yeah. dreams. and uh, But Jay's um, just living with these uh, long... I'm curious, they're good. Yeah, I'm yeah. curious, Hillary, do you... Have you ever had any like super trippy experiences that are like really visceral that you remember when you oh, kind of yeah. like what what's what's an example I, of that? Like very frequently I have I guess you call them, they call them like hypnagogic hallucinations because it's like it is a dream, but because you're kind of always in between sleep and wake, it feels like it's a hallucination. This is super cool. So I'll like wake up in the morning and I'm in my room, so I'm like, okay, I'm awake. But then usually for the first like minute or so when I wake up I have trouble kind of like moving. Because my body's just kind of like still in that yeah. paralyzed state. Um, I I pretty frequently have uh, dreams, I suppose, of people being in my room and like breaking in and like good people, bad no, no, people, like, like, scare, bad. like scary ones. Yeah, yeah super. But uncool. at this point, and it's like I also had the good people are breaking into my room right now, <laughs> having a dance party. Yeah, no, I it's I almost laugh about them now because like they happen so often. And I also had this like six month period where every single night I was dreaming. 
about sharks at my cottage, which is like on a lake in Ontario. So like there aren't sharks. No. <laughs> but every night it would be like, oh, then I was canoeing and then it tipped and I got eaten by sharks. And then I was in a, I don't know, on a paddleboard. And I fell off and got eaten by sharks. Oh my <laughs> like, God, what a terrible every thing night. to relive. Was but it I'm Shark like, Week that week? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. But I'm not scared of sharks, so it was just kind of random. And they've come back recently. Like, I've had a couple of shark dreams this week, and I'm just like, what's going on? <laughs> is there anything that's like, um, like, is it, when you said that you're sort of in between this, like, are you sleep, looking at, sorry, sorry, are you looking up what sharks mean in your dream? I went directly to the computer <laughs> to do the same thing. Uh, I don't know had, if I want to know. We had a conversation yesterday. Yeah, we look it up. You dreams. look it up. Like, oh my God. When you said when you said is that you're sort of always in this like <coughs> you know you're tired during the day but you don't get good sleep at night and this like kind of blurred line between sleeping and waking it sounds to me like is there any type of mad- madness to that that you mm, experienced because totally. I did I took mushrooms once the only <laughs> time that I've ever taken too many mushrooms like I've, I I I think mushrooms are fantastic and one time I took way too much and I was, I remember being in my bed at, at like four in the morning being like, I'm so tired, but like, I'll never sleep more than two days a week ever again for the rest of my life. And was positive. It was a horrible and, feeling. And, and I remember thinking, holy shit, dude, how did have I gone my whole life sleeping every night? Mm-hmm. This is crazy. And how does everybody else sleep every night? And I was in my bed, but it was like, it was maddening thinking that I wouldn't go to sleep. Cause I was like, oh, I'm so tired, but I can't go to sleep. Um, is there any, that's just like my little mushroom story but like do you have any is that is there any type yeah. of like maddening effect in that yeah and i think it's just something that i've had to come to terms with like i'll have one when i say good night sleep it's like i woke up only four times in the night um right. but i'll wake up and be like oh that was a great sleep and be like why can't i have that all the time and then i'll like the last two weeks i've had such terrible sleeps and it's like after one night of it you're frustrated by it and in the mm. moment you're like lying in your bed tired not able to sleep. And it's just like, I have to do stuff tomorrow. Like I have a yeah. long day. Why can't I just you yeah. realize, go like, to man, sleep? After, a, after a, a while, after like a good stint of not having great sleep, like how challenging everything mm-hmm. becomes, like all of your obligations, your responsibilities, your yeah. job, your friends, like, like I can't, I mean, that happens from, to me from like time to time, just yeah. like for whatever reason, you don't get good sleep for a, for a few days. Um, I'm just trying to like, you know, relate in the way of like putting myself in someone's shoes who is yeah. you know, more or less, I'm sure, like pretty consistently not getting the type of rest yeah. that you need. They say, and they, not the proverbial they, but like, I guess, neurologists or sleep scientists mm-hmm. um, have kind of suggested that a baseline for someone with type 1 narcolepsy is like if you went 72 hours without sleeping. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, Dude. we had this. Yeah, Brian had this idea the other day because you listened to a podcast about sleep de- de- deprivation. Mm-hmm. And Brian was like, I got this idea, Jer. Okay, so here it is. We find a sleep doctor or a sleep specialist and bring them on the podcast. But before we do, before we do, we deprive ourselves of sleep for like three days. That's and then we talk to them. And I was like, well, that sounds horribly unhealthy. But I'm super into the idea. Like we would literally need to take, well, we need to take like five or it would need to be a week long process because I wouldn't go to work for the three days that we were awake. And then I wouldn't go to work a couple days after either. So the thing that I find really interesting about um, sleep and one thing that I've been thinking about more lately is how uh, these different elements of your, your, 
your life affect your brain health. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, <laughs> sleep and and nutrition is the other big thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately. And uh, I the reason why I came up with this idea to to do that episode was uh, because I had stayed up late watching the Olympic women's hockey game, and I had to do a talk at a school at nine o'clock the next day. But I was up until almost four in the morning, and then I and I had to drive my girlfriend to work at six thirty. So I was I only slept like <laughs> everyone's just like I only oh, slept gross. like Hillary literally <laughs> is like oh oh I, I wouldn't I yeah. I don't I've never done that in my I, life and I, I have cataplexy. I'm like if you had the choice to sleep, why would yeah. you just sleep? I know right? And so I only slept like two and a half hours, and then I went and like gave an hour and a half talk and I find it's I was, almost worse to get that much sleep than it is to get no sleep. I agree. Yeah, yeah. and and the thing that. I realized in that moment is like, oh, I know this is really unhealthy for me, but also my brain function is going to be like almost nothing. Mm-hmm. How can I effectively go and deliver this talk? Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I find that that like when I when I think of your situation, like I, I'm impressed that you're <laughs> you're doing all of the the work that you're you're doing, you're studying, and like still being successful at that I find that really impressive well what are the challenge like what are your challenges like what's your day-to-day what's your day-to-day battle to to make to make your life work the way you want it to so it's really hard to wake up <laughs> yeah that's a, I, I, I'm one of those people that like has oops 13 alarms set and they're like two minutes apart oh my god <laughs> Shh, Brian show her your phone <laughs> Brian has like 19 alarms set yeah that's me it's 19 nuts. dude I like counted them one day. There's and you set them all What? Well, there's all active. Like, Jesus. No, not all active. Fuck, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah, but that's like if you you're just, a napper. Yeah, Bri, you He's literally just said yeah. it. You literally just put. Every, you set an alarm for every five minutes of every. Like every possible, moment of the day. Yeah. From and then pick and 12 a.m. back to 12 a.m. And then, yeah. then you just go, okay, Brian this one, this has, one, this yeah. one. Brian has. Has said before, like, man, maybe I have like some type of narcolepsy, and we're always like, oh, come on, Brian, but like, we're, we're like, it's insensitive to say that because there's people who have narcolepsy, but like, I, I will you, say this, you, like, this might morning, have some low grade narcolepsy because it's a spectrum, I guess. This morning, all right, this morning, I heard this. It fully happened. I had woken up. I would finished my mask. You were like, de- Taylor, you were dead asleep. Your mask makes me sleep. Yeah, hard. it's like, re- it's real solid white noise. Brian, you woke up, all right? You sat up and you were like, oh, man. Like a word fucking came out of your mouth. You're like, man. And then you looked around for a minute and then you were like, okay. and you just kind of like laid down the second, dude, the millisecond your head touched the pillow. It went. Brian's sleeping. You literally started snoring before you hit the okay, fucking okay. pillow. And I was like, I, I, I took a moment and went, is that possible? Like, is that <laughs> but real? Probably but, wasn't fully awake. Well, but here's the thing. And here's the other thing, too. And True, why I would maybe, say, like, this maybe. Is why, but this is why I would say that I, I don't have narcolepsy. And it's just, just the fact that, like, when I go to sleep at night and I lay down in my bed, Within a minute, every single night, every time I get into bed, I am asleep as soon as my head hits a pillow, and oh, then yeah. and then I wake up the next morning 
feeling mostly pretty rested, mm-hmm. depending on how long I slept for. That's but, amazing. But, but and, <laughs> right. And, yeah, and, rub and it in, Brian. So, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I'm able to do that and sleep. And then I'm, um, I'm usually able to stay awake for most of the day without really feeling tired. But you're tired. a napper. Uh, I will nap only because I, I have gained an appreciation for the value of sleep for your overall mm-hmm. health, including your mental health. So I have been trying to nap if I don't get enough sleep at night, if I don't get seven or eight hours. Mm. Um, so I don't. I wouldn't say that I have anything close to narcolepsy. I just have the ability to fall asleep really quickly, which is... Which is know, a part of it. So like the diagnostic test for narcolepsy is like the test for sleep apnea plus another test. So basically you go in at nighttime and they hook you up to all kinds of wires and things and they stick glue in your hair and it's great. Glue in your hair? Interesting. They like glue... Um, like sensors yeah, or to your hair, okay, and all of your face, and um, you have to sleep in the clinic, and they like record you as you're sleeping, and they kind of test how long it takes you to fall asleep, mm-hmm. and then you also have to stay during the day, and they do what's called a multiple sleep latency test. So they come in every so often, and they tell you to sleep, um, and you have 20 minutes, and then they test whether or not you fall asleep in that 20 minutes. And if that out of the hard. five times that they tell you to sleep, if you like go into REM sleep at least three of those five times, then you have narcolepsy. And if your um, kind of like time to REM sleep is under, I want to say under 15 minutes, which is funny. So the first time I had the test done, I had it done twice. And um, first time I had it done, I remember lying there and being so nervous about it. And I was so desperate to get some kind of like diagnosis or like answer mm. at this point. So I was just like, I really hope this works in my favor. Like I've also covered in wires and it's in like a tiny bed and I'm a really tall person. So I was just like, how am I ever going to sleep in this bed? And I remember the next day when I met with the neurologist, he was like, so how did you feel that went? And I was like, I just want to say I was really nervous. So if it took me a really long time to fall asleep, that's why like this wasn't my normal setting. And he started laughing at me. And I remember thinking distinctly like, guy's an insensitive like, prick felt, like, this is... five or five times within 10 seconds and well and he said because i said i felt like it took me a really long time to fall asleep apparently it took me like 37 seconds to wow. fall asleep Whoa. but i remember Whoa. lying there thinking that's like so oh my short. god this is so, taking me so long that's the way i would feel too if i went in to do that i would i would feel like it would be really hard because if the only times that i'm bad at sleeping at night is when i have the thought come into my head that's like you're Isn't it crazy asleep. how we fall asleep? Yeah. And then you start and then to overthink. I start, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. then I can't. And it's like, I don't think of asleep. elephant. Yeah. Don't think of the, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like all you can do is think of that. So when somebody comes in and says, go to sleep, it's, it seems like that would be the last thing on earth you'd be able to do right. unless you have narcolepsy. Exactly. Because I can pretty much sleep, like nap on command. Yeah. Which like, is, and it's like, I'm a great napper, which is like a benefit of it. And like to the point where like if I lie down for ten minutes, I will wake up and I'm like drooling. Yeah, I yeah had me an, too. I had you drop dream. right into REM. Yeah, like I would never. I I I probably haven't napped in five years, but I could. You should. It's great. Like yeah, I, like yeah. I could. Like I would never would. I because I I never I never go. Huh. I'm tired. I want to go to sleep in the middle of the day. I'm, like I just never do that. But I could. But I sleep very well at night. So I could lay down and go. If I want to go to sleep. I can go to sleep, but that, but, but I, I've never felt like I would. I mean, <laughs> I just feel like, like talking, like this brings up a lot of like, huh, like how do I sleep and mm-hmm. what's my sleep quality and do I nap and maybe I have narcolepsy or 
well, no, maybe I have insomnia. <laughs> like mm-hmm. all of these different kind of questions come up. But I feel like everyone listening is probably having a really fun time thinking about their, their own their situation. experience yeah. in their sleep because it's it plays such a massive role, like you said, Brian, in your mental health and your physical health and you know how basically you f- function. So and people take it for granted, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, yeah. do you drive? Yeah, so I don't in Toronto because why would you? Why would you? Yeah. Um, but you I just still walk have my everywhere license. like Jeff Lonis. I mean, yeah, why not? <laughs> it's only an hour and a half to two hours everywhere. Just walk to Scarborough. It's yeah, perfect. Whatever. Um, so I do. I still have my license, and like when I'm at my parents' house, I'll drive around town. But I choose not to drive on the highway and stuff anymore, just because. Like I think I would be fine to do so. I'm quite heavily medicated, so like I think it would work out. But it's just like why well, put myself at risk when I can yeah. take the Greyhound, take a go. What about yeah. sex? Like you're like you're talking about you're you're talking about sitting in a lecture and taking something in that's so you know engaging. that should be engaging yeah. and stimulating and it would make sense that you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm taking this in. Does that is do you have a similar thing with like sexual encounters where you're like I haven't experienced that myself, but I know I remember when I was first <laughs> diagnosed, I kind of had to do a lot of my own research because I had a terrible, terrible neurologist at first. Um, he literally, he, I went to this appointment in December. He he was like, oh, so you have narcolepsy. Um, here's a prescription, and I'll see you in 12 months. And I was moving back to England, and I was like, okay. Uh, so I had to do all my own kind of. Looking up of yeah. what does this mean? Why do I have it? What right. is his name? Doctor Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Here, take this. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Was, you're, I mean, you were kind of close there, Jay. But hey, everybody. Yeah, you're, Jay, it was kind of like your Arnold Schwarzenegger impression <laughs> that you did yesterday, which was somehow it just sounded like a, Hi, like, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Barney from yeah. The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. Dude, he tried to do like an Arnold Schwarzenegger thing, and it just like sounded like a, a Mexican fellow with like a frog in his throat. And I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Amazing. Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So to come back to, you're doing the research. And I remember reading that because cataplexy can be associated with strong emotions that some people experience it when they orgasm. Whoa. Yeah. And so like, Oh, I do a little bit, but I feel like that would be really (laughs) terrifying both for that person and for their partner. Like for them to just like go out cold. Taylor, what you are talking. No, no. Cataplexy is the, is the parent, parent is talking to the fucking mic, dude. Yes. Yeah. No, Taylor, what you're talking about is when, when you orgasm, like, Every other like male like who orgasms, you also get a huge blast of like whatever it is, melatonin, and you want to fucking prolactin? No, it's a, no prolactin's the that's for that's for melatonin milk. is associated with sleep. Yeah, so it might be melatonin. It's something like that, and it's actually it's 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 it, it it's what differentiates men from women when they orgasm. It's why men get super like. Oh, I'm gonna go to sleep Dude, now. That I I've literally come. could go to sleep like within ten seconds. That's not 
unique to you. Dude, yeah. I, that is I, that is a thing that happens to men, but w- women, it's the comp- it's the opposite. Yeah. Dude, you yeah. get this address. You're like, I'm still. Yeah, good. Kyla's like, like, man, I'm so awake now, and I'm like, like I want to go to sleep. But can you imagine? I can't imagine. It would be so wild yeah. if you're like having this amazing sex with someone. And like you're both having this like thing, and it's like we're let's we're gonna come together, and then you have the orgasm, and the and your partner just, just goes. goes <laughs> but it's not. It wouldn't even be like they fall asleep. It would literally be like they die because they yeah. just like they just like go limp. That would be horrifying. <laughs> yeah, but oh like, but like, uh, as like a performance indicator kind of thing, you're like, yeah, you're like, I did good. Yeah, <laughs> you nailed it. I fucking made you put her right to sleep. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I killed, I killed you. you. Oh my god, I just she killed she this She came woman. so hard, she, she died. died. And then she came back to life. It was yeah. so weird. Uh, I had to get out of there right away. There was like a moment of resurrection. It was <laughs> Oh my god, like, are you Christ? In an intimate yeah. in an intimate long-term relationship, that would be like kind of a cool thing, but like in a one-night stand right. type of thing. Fucking scary as hell. It would yeah. be very dude. Oh my god. Would yeah. it be, ever be scary for those like five seconds where you think you're yeah. dead? So that this never happened to you though. This never was something to me, that you. But it you was something read. that like upon reading it, it made me a little bit like wary to then kind of like move forward sexually because I wasn't in a relationship at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not now anyway. But like I was kind of like oh, I don't know. I feel like I want to at least like have that discussion with the person beforehand Before. so that they're not like just in case. But like. It's never happened to me. Right. But like, has that been a thought in your head then when you're like, when you're like about to, you know, say you're going to have a one night stand, um, would that be something that you would like consider telling the person? Probably not now, given that like, I know that it's not really part of my repertoire, but like. Be a great prank (laughs) though. Yeah. I could just pretend. Just to fuck with someone. (laughs) I mean, I think that's, I'd laugh at it after. Right. If it happened, I'd be like, oh, fucking fuck. And then if they, and if they came to and they're like, sure. oh, that was funny. I got something to tell you. Uh, <laughs> and I meant not to tell you because I knew it would freak you out. Yeah. I'd be like, that, you got me. You got good me. One. Yeah, good one. <laughs> um, in your in your application, you, you wrote this. The way you wrote it was great because, um, well, I, we'll see if you tell it that way. Did, there was a time you were on a bus. Oh, my God. No, pre- no pressure. <laughs> uh, the, the time you were on the bus. Yeah. What, what the fuck happened there? So the person that you had on who had Narc Loves You last time. Julia. Was, yeah. She was talking a little bit about Julia. those like. Julia. How she'll sometimes have these like sleep terrors where like a demon will like. Yeah. Come into her room and like, like attack sit, her. And sit on her chest. Yeah. 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 And oh, the same kind of thing. That doesn't happen to me very often. I've had it maybe like three times. So one time I was on like a public bus going somewhere and I fell asleep on the bus. And then I woke up on the bus, but there was no one on it. And like the bus driver like pulled the bus over and got off the bus. And then this like giant like demon creature came on and then that was just a an unpleasant experience. Did you wake up at that point? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. It's like there's always a bit of like a blurry line and... I also like when I wake up, I get really nervous. Like, did I say anything out loud? Right. Because that's happened a few times where like I'll speak in my sleep and that usually wakes me up. So like usually I'm aware that it happened. But if I've fallen asleep like on a subway or on the bus or something, I'm, I wake up. I'm like, I really hope I didn't say anything like, yeah. Yeah, really just, incriminating or like, like embarrassing. Don't touch me. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Wasn't talking to but, you. Yeah, it's me, not you. Um, when you wrote that in the in the application, so I'm reading through your application and I come across and you're like, and then there was this one time where I'm on a bus and I fell asleep. And uh, anyway, I've, you know. 
know, I fell asleep and, 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 and must've been out for a while. Cause I woke up and the bus pulled over. Everyone was off the bus. The bus driver gets off and I'm going, Holy fuck. And you're like, and I was locked on the bus and I'm going, Oh my God, how did they not see you? And I keep reading that and you're like, and then this demon was on the bus and I'm like, wait, what did I yeah. miss here? He's like, am I in a dream now? Yeah. Usually yeah. my dreams are like a little bit more, I say realistic <laughs> because they're things that could actually happen. Like and, demons getting on buses. Well, no, but more yeah. like people. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I know what you mean. I, yeah. I totally have had experiences uh, where like I've woken up in my bed and I, I'm like in sleep paralysis, but there's a bunch of people from like a high school dance yeah. in the room. And I'm like, whoa, I'm I'm naked and there's all these people from high school and there's this dance in my room. <laughs> why is everybody in here and why can't I move? And yeah. it totally makes sense. Yeah. No, At the same like, time, you're like, why are they here? But I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, <laughs> sometimes dreams. it's actually yeah. like so close to reality that like you were asking a bit about like maddening aspects of it. One mm-hmm. is that like not being able to sleep piece. But sometimes it will be so close to reality that I will be a little bit confused as to what has happened and what has yeah. yeah. So if I take a nap, let's say like I'm home alone and I lie down for a nap and like kind of right before I fall asleep, I might hear someone talking or like I hear someone knock on the door or like hear my roommate come in with a friend and they're having a conversation and then I fall asleep and then I wake up and I'm home alone again and I'm always kind of like torn between did that happen? Did, yeah. they, yeah, did, did they come, come in here? Did they like that conversation? Or, like when yeah. I, if I, if I, if I uh, snooze button the shit out of my alarm in the morning, especially like a handful of times, I'll, like I said, I'll dip back into heavy dreaming, like in between those short stints. And if I do that and I wake up, when I wake up, I find it there's a a period of time where I'm like very much still infuse in my dream mind yeah and it's hard for me to start concentrating and Ooh. like the snooze button is awful for me in that regard because then it's hard for me to get really clear on what i'm got to do especially i have to wake up and like teach in the morning or something and like do you experience that a lot like this like really blurred yeah like line between the dream world and the real world definitely i also like it's been a thing in the last i don't know maybe four months which isn't it isn't great when you like are in school or need to be at the hospital by a certain time of the day mm-hmm. when you have like actual things to do, but I'll have dreams and my alarm will be going off in my dream. And in the dream, yeah. I like yeah. can't shut it off and I shut my phone off and it's still going off and I like break my phone and it's still going off. And then I'll like maybe half an hour later, I'll actually wake up. My alarm will have been going off for like 30 straight minutes. Whoa. Whoa. I, Whoa, I have long. that too. I have um, that too. Yeah. And that's why I set five alarms because I coach canoeing early in the morning uh, a few days a week. And, and like if I don't set five alarms, then <sighs> then I can easily sleep through one or two just continuing to go. Yeah. Interesting. And, that and was like happening I'll hear to me it in this my morning. dream. Yeah. Or it seemed like it was happening to me this morning. Like, well, it's because my, my alarm kept going. I, when I do my mask while I sleep, I set timers so I know how long I've been on like one medicine to transfer over to the other. So like my alarm is just going off like every 10 minutes, right. 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Do you, the white uh, noise of your thing keeps me... Hillary, do you snore? No. No? Brian does. Yeah, I do. Yeah, real loud. I was like, is this going to be the rapid fire does. round? Do you snore? Yeah, yeah my best do you friend like snores <laughs> so loudly. I'm, I'm pretty committed to sleep apnea. Like it's to the point where like we stayed at a hostel in Edinburgh once and... Like she was kind of drunk when she went to bed. And I remember she was on the bunk above me 
and I heard this like gargling, like choking sound. I remember distinctly, like I like stood up and checked and she was fine. And I remember lying in my bed, just thinking like, I'm going to have to tell her mom that she died on my watch from like choking on her own vomit Dude, or something like God. that. Cause I was convinced that that was what was happening, but she was just kind of like snoring, not breathing. That's me. I don't know. That's yeah. Like and that's way worse when I'm drunk too. Uh, but Jared, last night you were snoring uh, pretty yeah, loud. You snore pretty good. I, last night. I snore. I snore. Yeah. I, I, I have I never snored a night in my life. Um, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that is bullshit. Dude, dude no, I've not. slept next to you enough to know that you snore every once in a while. No, I don't dude. And man, I find most. Denial. I guess you would know, Taylor. I guess you would know that <laughs> you don't snore when you're fucking you asleep. No, guys, I don't. <laughs> uh, tell me about. I want to know about your 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 foray into. So you know, you get this diagnosis, and you your your neurologist, your shitty neurologist that you had was like, "Here's some drugs. See you later." Mm-hmm. Um, I know that with just through this podcast and speaking to a lot of people with. Um, mental health issues, mental illness issues, uh, they, the, the road to finding the medications that work for you is kind of a long and winding road yeah. and it's not very straightforward and you really have to like d- a lot of trials of different things to see what works. It, is, it, did you experience that or, or was it pretty much like, Oh, this is the pill I take. I've noticed a difference and I um. continue. A couple of times I had that experience. So I'm still on one of the drugs that I was from day one. So Ritalin is pretty commonly prescribed to people with narcolepsy because it's a stimulant. Yeah. Um, is that and that's the one that you're on? It's one of them. Okay. Um, and I'm like maxed out on Ritalin. So I take I think sixty milligrams a day. Um, that sounds like a lot, and I don't even know what. A yeah, lot is. like I think. Yeah, it's the max amount you can take, which is why I'm on other ones. Um, <coughs> Adderall? I'm not on Adderall. Well, what does it do to you? Like, okay, how about this? If I took 60 milligrams of Ritalin today, um, what would that look like? It's hard to say. I don't know what, like, you would probably be very... Let's just say I'm a baseline person who really just doesn't need much Ritalin in their life. <laughs> You'd probably, like, talk a lot and you'd be on, yeah, like, be like, really... Yeah, just be like an upper. Like, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah. Now, when you take 60 milligrams of Ritalin, yeah. what does that look like in your body? This. Just you just being <laughs> yeah. baseline. Yeah, I do. Like I when my medications are like active, I talk a lot. I mean, I talk a lot anyway, but like I will talk more when I'm sure medicated, I guess. Sure. Um, yeah. So I take that one. And then I started taking another Kind of like a stimulant, but a different one to kind of supplement that. And story time, I guess. I'll keep it short. Yeah, but, um, no, no. My doctor yeah. had prescribed me, it comes in, I think it comes in 10 milligram doses and 25. And he had prescribed me like a 10 milligram dose and said take half a pill at bedtime because it's really strong and it has like a ton of side effects. And he wanted to just kind of test it out. And the pharmacist prescribed me the 25 milligram one and said take two at bedtime. Whoa. But I didn't think to like That's check and make so sure that it was drastically right. different. Yeah, so I took one, and that night I had like throat closure issues. Whoa! Why did why did she do that? They I, misread I, the. They just couldn't read it right. No, like he has actually like he doesn't have doctor's writing. They typically do. Yeah, but his is very legible. Um, so there's just a huge mishap on, yeah, on her end. They must have like entered it wrong into the computer or right. something. So I took it back Whoa. the next day, and they were like. 
We're so sorry. Please don't sue us. Why is oh, doctor? Yeah. Why why do doctors write so poorly? Is it like? Is it the fact that like you go through school for such a long time that you're so well educated that you're just like mm-hmm. I don't I'm, need to I'm write better than this I think piece it's of like, paper. So I'm just gonna scribble. I think it's like <clears throat> it's they feel like oh well I'm a doctor so I'm gonna have messy writing like it's part it's, of their persona. Is it though? Because I think like it's come to a point where we where we see a doctor's writing and even if it was quite legible, we'd go chicken scratch. I don't know. Like, though. We just we just create. The, I, the I look guess of I just like writing. I rarely, especially like going through like patient charts at the hospital. There are some notes so that you much, just have just to insane. like. It's like this could be very important. Yeah, but I will not. I'll never know. Ever it, glean anything it, from it? It actually is a thing, and I don't know why it's a thing that is so prevalent. Because I don't think that that many people in the world are actually that shit at writing. No. Like it's not that fucking hard to and make like some letters. That, writing is beautiful. Yeah, always. yeah, right. So the other day we were on a plane. And I sit, we, you know, we're buckling up and the, and I'm looking at Taylor and, you know, we're talking about something and then the pilot comes on and he goes, yeah, but there's, 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 like the guy on the subway. Like, like, if you actually if, wanted me to know something. Are you saying, are you speaking to yeah. me, to any, or to anyone on this fucking plane, dude? Because open your mouth. Yeah. Like, it, like my friend's a speech pathologist and she would slap you silly. I know she would. Her name's Hillary. But it, it was the craziest thing. And then in my head, I, I go, she would try to help you. I go, this is, this is just what they do. Like, is this the club? Like when you get in the club, are you I'd like, like to know. Oh, great. Cause I said, I said to Taylor, I go, does he speak to his wife like this? Yeah. Cause if he did, she should divorce him now. Yeah. Like, there's no communication in those words. Really so hype. It's AF so insane to me. It's insane it to me. It is such a thing, though, that, like, in this past placement, we had an interprofessional, like, work group of, there's other students at the hospital in different areas, so, like, pharmacy, nursing, whatever. Um, and we would meet every week, and we were kind of trying to come up with, like, a topic to present on to kind of like bring awareness to interprofessional collaboration in the setting. And one of the top points that came up was literally like illegible writing in patient charts and how like it actually affects patient care. Because like if I'm going to see a patient and they've been traked or they recently had a G tube put in or they, you know, I don't know, are like Growing NPO, hair off their tongue. Well, like NPO stands for like not by mouth in yeah. Latin. And it's like so sometimes patients will be put on an NPO for like a test so they can't eat anything. Mm-hmm. That kind of matters if I'm going to go test their swallow. If I can't read it, then I can't follow the direction. It. Right, yeah. And it's so common that I can't read a doctor's writing. I can always read the social worker's writing. I can read the OT's writing. I can't yeah. read the doctor's so writing. But it's weird that, there, that, it's, that that's a thing because like you think of another uh, – form of 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 another (laughs) profession like uh architectures or or architects they like they always write super neat Mm -hmm. you know and and they're very good drawers yeah they when they do especially when drafting was all done (laughs) they're drawing all their letters especially everything everything is especially when they were um (laughs) drafting by hand and now like a lot of that's done by computer Mm -hmm. but like now they're all terrible writers yeah, it's, it's starting to slip. But, well, it's going no, down. But I, I don't think we know that. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, we look at the numbers. <laughs> yeah, we've got what the data. Numbers? We've got the data. The stats. So, but but in that um, line of work, like good penmanship is revered. And then you look at like doctors, and it's just like, oh yeah, he's a doctor. No wonder he writes like shit. So then we're just like perpetuating this idea that all doctors write like shit. 
and they just end up doing it. Yeah. Well, sorry Wait. to sorry to uh, to bring us a- away from this penmanship, but I do because you know what a fascinating conversation. The reason we got um, here was right. that we were in the middle of a story. Oh shit! Let's go back to the story. Right, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. you took the so you 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 That's took right. way too many of this <laughs> stimulant. Yes. Fucked up your throat. Well, he basically said like it could give you some nausea. Right. And like half an hour after I took it, I was like, I can't. Breathe. I was like, I wasn't actually throwing up, but I was like gagging constantly Ugh. because my throat was just like what's happening yeah. um it was terrible <laughs> what's happening? hey what the fuck <laughs> i don't know what to do so you go back to the pharmacy and they're like whoops uh that was a mistake don't sue us yeah so i never took it again because like i knew that okay if i took the right dose it might have been fine but i think it just kind of like scared me yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, that's like bailey's for me i drank too much of it right? one time vanilla vodka never again vomited everywhere. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, yeah. I, you know what i could have some of my coffee but no I'm, yeah that's I'm, me I'm like good. with smirnoff ice i know i would usually Dude, I just enjoy one with I could enjoy one casually if I just didn't get iced so many times before. You could enjoy one casually? That's no. weird. I was actually no. at, was I at a restaurant or a bar the other day and some guy ordered a Smirnoff ice. Dude, you should have walked up and thrown your drink in his No, face. I was like very tempted to say something, but I was like, I'm not going to be that person. I would have high-fived him. like, who are you? Yeah, I would have high-fived him. So, but that yeah. wasn't the end of that story. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I mean, that was the, the end of that story, but I that was a medication that didn't work out for me. So, um then I tried another one, modafinil. So modafinil that sounds so We've sweet. Seen that. Modafinil. We know yeah. about so this. the other girl with narcolepsy, Julia. Yeah. She said that she tried it and it was just like too much for her, so she right. came off it. So I'm on like the max dose of modafinil. As oh, well. you love the modafinil. It doesn't. I don't really like. If I were, if I were to take it on its own, I don't know that it would really like in do much. With, but it's uh, just like it, yeah, it kind of like pumps up my ritalin. Right. So it, it like makes it even more. It's it's even more stimulating for um, you. That... Yeah, and it like lasts longer. Wow. You and uh, you and Julia should start a meetup group and just call yourself Narcos. Yes. Oh, and we wow. have yeah. Good for you, bro. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Deal, I wrote my last Heavy drugs. Um, I mean, yeah. What's your What's your story been? What's your experience been with people thinking that you're full of shit? Um. Because right now, I don't believe a fucking word you say. <laughs> you're lying, son of a bitch. Uh, yeah. I mean, people will. Every so often we'll think that, like, I'm making excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, like profs and shit? Do they ever... Are, are they so ever profs been? have been pretty good, other than um, I've had a couple instances. So I actually, as of, like, January of last year, I started um, taking advantage of accessibility services and, like, getting longer times to write exams because I was finding that I couldn't finish them in time. And I think mm-hmm. it's just, like it takes me a really long time to focus my brain in on what I'm doing because I'm like focusing so hard on staying yeah, like, awake. Sh- sh- have yeah. you ever fallen asleep during an exam? Yeah. Or- yeah. Oh shit. No way. So yeah. So I get like twice as long as everyone else to do exams. And in order to do that, you have to apply. Like if I had an exam on, I don't know, like next Friday, I would have had to apply like two Fridays prior okay. um, to get the space in the exam writing center. And I've had a couple profs who just like will not, fill out the application in time and then I end up being screwed and I tell them so long in advance like you have to do it two weeks in advance um, mm-hmm. all you have to do really is like okay everything that I send in and send them the exam are they being lazy or do you think that they're just like dude this girl's whatever I she think part of it is just that they they're like well this isn't the way like normally I would write my exam two days before the exam so I'm not going to do it any earlier rather than like you need me to do it earlier so I'll do it earlier right um but other than that, like they've all been pretty good, um, and some of them have been amazing. 
like checking in with me every so often to make sure everything's good. And um, any experiences where like where 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 shit just really went downhill in a way like you, you just I don't know, something happened that was just I don't know. Any bad experiences? Um, I mean, I guess it's all relative. You were kind of mentioning how narcolepsy, it sounded like it was on a spectrum. It's more so like they refer to it as being like a neurological disease that kind of like waxes and wanes the way the moon does. So it's like sometimes you're really good and sometimes you're not. Okay. And then you could be really bad again, and then you could be really good. You mean like yeah. during a full moon, like you're pretty good, and then like when it's like in retrograde, just like, yeah, when the moon's in retrograde. I wish I could predict it like that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just like there's no oh, telling what? when it's going to be worse, when it's going to be better, and it's not chronological. Like it's not like degenerative. Right. You're not like at the end of the month, I'm usually pretty bad. At yeah. the start of the month, I'm okay. It's like sometimes I'm fine, <clears throat> and then yeah. and so right now my nighttime sleep is really terrible. And, but my daytime sleepiness isn't really any worse than usual. And then my paralysis is kind of shitty right now. But that's also because my nighttime sleep isn't good. Right. Whereas like in September to like November, my daytime sleepiness was like horrible. Oh. But my cataplexy wasn't that bad. So just kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah. Um, and so like people who are really severe might only be really severe for like an acute amount of time. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily like chronically that level. Uh, well, is is there any uh, is there anybody that you know of in the narcolepsy world where you just where it goes away? Um, nope. Con- chronic, chronic for in yeah. In, in everybody's There's no case. cure for it. There's just like treatment. Yeah. Is there is there any concern um, that that like because you mentioned you're on the full dose of modafinil mm-hmm. and you're on the full dose of Ritalin? Is there is there concern for you that like eventually those won't be effective and? You'll have to try to find something else. Um, I guess that it doesn't really come into my mind very often, but uh, it's a possibility. There is a drug that it's, I don't know that it's necessarily experimental. It's pretty legitimate, but it's just like, well, it's actually the same kind of like chemical base as like the date rape drug. Oh, Oh, so basically you take it like you get into bed and then you take it. When you're like already yeah. physically in bed and then you have to wake up in the middle of the night to take it again. But then you don't take anything during the day. Is it GHB or or, or is it like a it's like something special? You. Okay. Do you know what that what is that drug made for? What is what's its purpose? It's like actual intentional purpose. Uh, I think it's possibly a type like of tranquilizer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. Because I'm like, whenever I think but there's about like, that, I'm like, well, why did they make that in the first place? Yeah, there's a there's a medical reason for, Not that. for that reason. It's probably like putting people to sleep for. Yeah. Surgeries, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I believe it is a trank. I'm almost positive it's a tranquilizer. Makes sense. Yeah. But that's it an does option. make sense. It makes you go to sleep. Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. It's an option when things get like for people for whom it's really severe, um, but they don't. They try not to resort to that unless they have to because it has, as you can expect, not the greatest side effects. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sh- and I'm sure you feel like a pile of garbage yeah. the day after. What role has uh, therapy played um they're really other than like pharmaceutical therapy there isn't really um therapy for narcolepsy i do what i can to kind of like make my sleep as good as it can be given the circumstances like i practice yoga and i like i go to bed on time and i have good sleep hygiene i you know like i try not to look at screens too late at night and that kind of thing but um there's not really 
anything. What's your mm-hmm. exercise like? You just mentioned yoga. I'm just wondering, yeah. do you get, is it really challenging for you? No, no, I exercise pretty regularly. That's the other thing that's a bit like frustrating with narcolepsy is that um, if you have type one, you're like basically prone to being on the heavier side because hypocretin is the same as orexin, which is the like substance in your body that tells you like that kind of um, dictates your hungry and full cycle. Mm. So like um, it, people will just naturally be closer to overweight when you have narcolepsy. And also like I have to take an antidepressant for the cataplexy and those have weight gain side effects. Mm. So is it that it just tricks the brain into thinking I'm hungry all the time? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Man, that's so fucking fascinating. The brain and like hormones and, and, um, what a mystery. It's all just such a wacky machine, you know, and delicate balance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's wild that it's wild that someone can be on, this uh, this isn't going to go anywhere, but I'm just I, I'm just sitting here. I'm going, wow! I I really do take advantage, or, or I I what's the f- turn of phrase take I'm looking for? Granted. Take for granted. Thank you. The the fact that like I sleep so soundly, I sleep so well, <clears throat> and I have no problems waking up. Like it, it, like even different from you two. Like I I just go down, wake up. Yeah, I wake, I wake up a lot, a lot more. Ch- it's much more challenging to wake up than it is to go to sleep. Yeah, like to, it's just to me, it's like down, sleep, great, great sleep, wake up, I'm good, fine, go on with my day. Except for like yesterday when we went to the airport and like you just. Well, that's just because there was no alarm. If the alarm had gone off, I would have been up and everything would have been fine. <laughs> right. I just set the alarm for twelve hours later than I, I should have woke up. <laughs> Fucking Jared, so annoying. Jared didn't. Wake up for the cab to come to the airport, and Taylor, Taylor had to go literally into his... came into my room. And was like at Jared. like five thirty in the morning, and he goes, he goes, oh, f- oh fuck, yeah, and immediately, he started, like immediately. He was so pissed, and he was so oh, sour on the way to the airport for like mad. for like two hours. Jared was like, Jared was very having touchy. a temper tantrum. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, and, then, and then he goes, my routine, you know, I set my, my alarm, and he looks at his thing, and he goes, hey, look, it's set for five a.m. And I go, uh, dude, that's set. For twelve sleep p.m. PM. and go to sleep at five. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, uh, what would you What would you say out of this this entire experience so far? Your your narcolepsy with cataplexy has taken away from you. Um, I think I sometimes I don't feel that this way all the time, but I like when I'm at my most vulnerable, I sometimes feel like. I'm not able to necessarily reach my highest potential because of it. Like I think I could do better in school, for example, or I could um, like work longer hours or be more engaged in like personal interactions if I wasn't so tired all the time. Mm. I also like my emotions run really close to the surface because of it. like when you're tired, you always feel like you're either going to like punch someone or you're going to burst into tears, mm. but I'm not tired all the time. So like, I will just randomly like cry about something and I know that I'm being ridiculous because I'm like, I'm not actually sad about it. It's just mm-hmm. happening. and yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. do anything about it. And so then it kind of makes me feel a little bit like I have to shy away from situations that might make me feel that way. But um, on the whole, I feel like I've gained more from it than I've lost. Well, that was my next question. What, yeah. what is it giving you? I don't know. I just, the thing with narcolepsy, like it kind of fits into that 
um, cliche category of like invisible illnesses. And I think it's helped me realize that there are so many people that are faced with those kinds of things every day. Like you would never know looking at them that there's anything wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, if someone didn't know that I had narcolepsy, they might think that I was lazy. They might think that I, um, am not like listening to them when they're talking to them because I'm kind of like focused on staying awake or mm. whatever. Um, and so it's also kind of taught me to like be a pretty strong self advocate. And I think that's something that I've been able to carry into other facets of my life. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, I had a really terrible neurologist and I kind of just basically said this wasn't good enough care for me. So now mm-hmm. I see someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a while when I li- didn't live in Toronto, I would travel to Toronto to see him because to me it was important that I was getting the care that I needed. So I had to kind of advocate for myself in that and, you know, do my own research. And, um, yeah, I feel like that's kind of a skill that I've now transferred into other yeah. areas. I think, too, like wor- working in, in health yourself, like mm-hmm. it's, it's probably allowed you to be more empathetic yeah. towards mm-hmm. a lot of the patients that you're caring for, too. Definitely. They'll kind of share things that uh, I can resonate with because of having a chronic illness. Yeah, so. yeah 100%. Yeah. Which I think is... It's so incredibly valuable yeah. in, in the yeah. healthcare professional mm-hmm. world. You see so. a lot of like doctors or clinicians interacting with patients and it's just like makes me cringe mm. because they just don't. And I don't think you have to have a chronic illness to have empathy. No. I think there are plenty no. of like my colleagues and peers who are amazing clinicians just because they're empathetic people. But mm-hmm. when people lack that, it's so obvious. And it also like, in my opinion, is so detrimental to patients care. Yep. Yeah, I mean, once the humanity of your patients is removed, then, you know, once they're just turned into a number or like a, 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 a case, mm-hmm. uh, it's it completely changes the, the way that that person feels, the way that that person, uh, you know, goes through their, their entire experience of like being in the system. It's, and like their motivation to get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah. to come Which back. Which is interesting exactly. because there they would definitely be like... Uh, you know, that's like that, that would be as classic of an argument or of a debate as like, are we inherently good or are we inherently evil? Like there would be somebody mm-hmm. who would go, yeah, you should be, you, you should take the humanity out of your patients because you can look at them indifferently and give them like objective care. And then you'd get somebody who says something on the exact opposite. Yeah. Of like, you know what I mean? Like it's like, it's such a, that's such a heavy, uh, that's yeah, such it, a loaded debate. Well, yeah. Yeah. The, is, the thing yeah. that I think is interesting though is, is which I like, agree with you that that, what, yeah, I, the, but it also, it's not black. But, it, it, yeah. like, I just think it's not black and white. And you there's know, a there's, there's a, there's a line and yeah. there's a way to, yeah. but the thing that I think is both. interesting is that like when somebody goes into the hospital and they have something wrong with them, you know, there's not a hundred percent chance that you can make them better Mm -hmm. you know there you don't know what's wrong with them initially and then you have to figure it out and and like uh when we spoke with john ross who worked in dr john ross in the from the er like it was oftentimes about finding out what it wasn't first and making sure that it's not like this thing that's going to end up being fatal yeah immediately start with the most in start with the most severe thing that you can think of it might be and then deduce from that right and then but then but then when you think of like the actual emotional patient care side of it like you do have 100 percent control over that so Mm -hmm. as a doctor if if you do have 100 percent control over the emotional experience and the well-being and how you treat the person like, why not be successful at, at that? Because you have full control over that. Yeah. And and then, like, you know, you can only be as successful as, as it is possible. 
medically to treat mm. the ailment. But And there's like a difference between, you know, going in and saying to someone, you have terminal cancer, we can't do anything, see you later, have a good life. Mm-hmm. And going in and saying like, you know, there aren't any other medical options, but here are some therapeutic options. We'll connect you with services in your yeah. community. Here's a support group. You can start a drug trial if you want to. Um, we yeah. can send you home with like all of this kind <laughs> of like peripheral mm-hmm. services. And, mm-hmm. and those people are then, they leave having had like a good experience with healthcare. As right. opposed and to leaving so and going, many, oh, that's, yeah. oh, that's it. We get so many clients who have, are like jaded towards the healthcare system because they've had shitty experiences. Yeah. It's like, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fair we hear, enough. we hear that shit all the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hillary, this was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. I agree. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, and thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, we'll be back next week. We, we always are. And, uh, in the meantime, had a, were you looking for this shark thing? Right. Oh no! I I, did. I brought it up. Oh, I, br- dude, I, I brought it up, but I, it, I read either. I read through it and I was like, "Yeah, this, this is such bullshit." I didn't want to make <laughs> you feel bad, but I'll <laughs> say to see a shark in your dream indicates feelings of anger, hostility, and fierceness. Wow! You are undergoing a long and difficult emotional period, and maybe an emotional threat to yourself or others. Goodness dude, this me! This sounds like a horror. You're struggling up. with your individuality and independence, especially in some of. Uh, aspect of your relationships. So Aries. Aries. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> yeah. do life better. That, yeah. that, those like sharks are trying to be a tell less you. shitty person. Yeah. And you know what? Can I quickly say before we wrap it up uh, what my thoughts of, of, of dreams are? Maybe I told you guys before. Yeah, please tell us why. I think that when you're dreaming at night, you're mm. like, you're like cataloging the moments of your life, like either from your day or your past weeks or past months. And like you take these moments and as you're dreaming them, dreaming them, you're like filing them away and putting some importance and significance because I think that's what they think dreams are. Sleep like sleep does have a consolidating effect on your memory. Yeah. So like it takes things from short term memory and files them into long term. Yeah. Like like that's an I think that's an actual thing. Okay. well, I've never studied it. I figured you've never never heard that before. Dude, Brian just bro science the fuck out of that. Man. Yeah. And it turned out to be real science. Cool. Maybe. So impressed. Sometimes, well, sometimes not, I, I wouldn't say real science. I would say like my theory is kind of similar to another theory that they've been. Right, uh, you do, You're dude, right on bro, track. You got it. Yeah. I fucking hate all of you guys. <laughs> uh, go over to iTunes, rate, subscribe, review, um, and uh, we would love you for that. It really means a lot, and it helps us uh, stay on the charts, the iTunes charts, or the Apple Podcast charts. Apple Podcasts. Um, and so do that. And if you want to, if you want to support us even further, if you if you've got uh, a, a way to financially support us, which would mean the world to us, you can go over to Patreon.com/sickboy, and I mean, you know, like. Patreon subscribers have really made this uh, made this ship sail. So it sailed us right into this room to speak with Hillary yeah, today. Exactly, and so it could really also uh, sail us to like other cities around the world Dude, if yeah. uh, if you guys continue to support this, you tell your friends about it, and tell them to support us yeah, as well. Because we, like, we typically could... sail to our destinations. It's much more expensive, which is why we need so many Patreon subscribers. But yeah, when we sailed to Calgary, it was tough. Yeah, very hard. <laughs> but we did it. Go. We had to portage quite a bit. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what? That's a good point, though, Brian. For anyone who was like, hey, guys, you're doing a live show in Ottawa. Why don't you come to Montreal? Uh, t- take a moment before you send that message and just check in to see if you've subscribed to our Patreon. Because <laughs> if you haven't, it'll just make it that much more possible for us to do that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Who do we got to thank, Brian? Uh, well, 
we all know who's who we're thanking first. We're definitely throwing a big thank you out to Donovan, the, the Meerkat. Meerkat Morgan. Uh, Mr. Meerkat, thank you so much for the amazing uh, sound Meerkat. design you've done for the show. It's uh, it's always a pleasure working with you. And uh, also, you're super handsome. Uh, thank you to Take Part for the theme music. Take part in this.bandcamp.com if you want to hear more of their songs. Uh, and that's pretty much all I got. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Support. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.